Claire Billingsley, host of Coffee with Claire. Today, we're talking with Dr. Edward Llewellyn about personal relationships. Now, whether you are currently in a relationship or you're embarking on a new one, Dr. Ed's advice is going to be beneficial to us all. So stay tuned. Are you living life to its fullest? Or are you living in a trance, just kind of drifting along like a log drifts down the stream? Just meandering through life rather than embracing every day with focus, attention, and intention. And that is what we are focusing on today with our guest, Dr. Edward Llewellyn. We are continuing our series called High Impact Living, and you will want to watch these shows again and again as Dr. Ed takes us through a powerful journey of subconscious discovery. And welcome back, Dr. Ed. Thanks for coming back to Coffee with Claire. We appreciate you being here this morning. Well, thank you, Claire. I'm ecstatic to be here because we're going to be talking about some really important stuff. Absolutely. And, and we've already, as a reminder, talked about weight loss and healthy fit lifestyle, financial security, and interwoven into each one of those segments has been understanding our core identity. And as a reminder to all of y'all, the core identity that we have figured out belongs to Claire is empathy, happy, fun, insatiable curiosity, excitement, and health. And I bring those back to your attention because they're going to be important as we go through our conversation today. So today we are going to be speaking about personal relationships. But before we get into this whole relationship business, let's recap for our audience what specifically core identity is. So if you don't mind just reminding them a little bit about what that is and how important it is in our lives, that would be great. What I've discovered working with people for decades is that most people have lost themselves in the roles they play. So they, they become basically what they do. Right. They become their job. They become, uh, if they're an athlete, they become an athlete. Uh, what they do as far as that goes. They become a husband, a father, a son, a, a daughter, a wife. They become the roles they play. Because they become the roles they play, they many times lose who they really are. The foundation of their, their core identity, which defines them as a person and that's the reason why so many people are unhappy, can't find satisfaction in life. It's because they're chasing after roles which are constantly changing. They're right. fluid. They're flowing. And as we've discussed in, in previous episodes, you know, because they're constantly changing, you can never fully be happy and satisfied in those roles as they are in a single moment. Yeah, I kind of think of mine as my, my, my northern star. It's my guiding light. Okay. It really kind of helps me make really good decisions very quickly in discerning, you know, what is really good for me. And, and as you notice, when I rolled off those six things, none of them talked about me being a TV show host. It wasn't about a role at all. It's about what you embody. And so uh, pay close attention to that as we're talking about these personal relationships, because I think that you'll see how important that really is. So we know that relationships require a huge emotional and energy investment. And a lot of us are kind of worn out by all of that, um, <laughs> myself included. So my hope from the uh, end of this conversation is that you give us a path to follow that's really less stressful and a lot more enjoyable. And, you know, in, in my opinion, isn't that what life is all about anyways? 
So Dr. Ed is going to walk us through relationships through two lenses. One from the lens of not knowing our core identity and the second one walking us through when we know what our core identity is. So let's talk about the first scenario and looking at from the perspective of not knowing your core identity. So what, what might that look like? And this is the path I've seen so many people take, of course. Oh, we've all taken it. <laughs> and so, so one of the things I really want our audience to, to notice is the difference in length as I describe this. Right. So if you don't know your core identity, you're only living in your roles, and because they're so fluid and constantly changing, it's hard to identify a person that you want to have a relationship with, whether that's friendship, marriage, uh, you know, even business relationships. Right, right. So with that possibility of rejection, it, it really can be unnerving for a lot of people mm -hmm. because, once again, they, they don't have a core, they don't have an anchor to be able to draw on to give them that security to make that approach. Right. So let's say the person goes ahead, they make that approach, and the person they're interested in uh, does decide that they want to interact with them. So it's a favorable re interaction. Now the relationship starts, and I want to bring in a, a, a thought here that we lie every ten, about uh, one time every ten minutes. So when as people, yeah, as people, we we, we for, and most of them are what called what are called other lies. In other words, uh, if the girlfriend or the wife says, "Do these jeans make my butt look fat?" Uh, you know, of course. <laughs> But, and what is your response, Ed? Yeah, the response is, you know, it's it's probably a lie, but no, they make you oh. look silly, you know. So but that's okay. that's that's what's, note to self. <laughs> that's what's called an other lie. They're usually harmless, but in a, in the beginning of a relationship, there's a lot of that that goes on. Mm. There's a lot of, of additional note to self. Okay, yeah, keep going. A lot of you know these these little things that would normally bother the person, but because they're interested in this other person. They'll say, "Oh no, that's fine." You know, Smooth you know, it over. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's say that relationship goes uh, even further. So now they're exclusive. Okay. And now all of a sudden, uh, some of these things that were white lies, if you will, become discovered, Ooh. and they're really not as much like what they thought they were. Okay. And so things start to deteriorate a little bit from a trust standpoint and yet the, the relationship continues mm -hmm. and at some point one or the other is going to want this to become a more permanent relationship okay if it doesn't if one of the the parties uh, is not looking for a long-term relationship mm -hmm. now another whole discussion is going to ensue because they're going to ask them usually the question why did you lead me on to think mm -hmm. that this was going to be a long-term relationship right. when you really didn't want that? One of the things I coach people on is instead of asking the question why, ask the question how. Mm, why, very different. Yep. Why elicits reasons and excuses. Okay. You can't argue with them. There's no logic to them. How questions elicits the prefrontal cortex, which is the executive functions. Okay. And that's where we make our strategies at. So when you ask how, how did you decide to date me and do all these things knowing that you didn't want a long-term relationship? At least with that, you can understand how they came to that decision. Sure, yeah, I see the difference. But let's say that uh, the relationship does continue on 
they get married, and at some point in time, all of a sudden it's, you know, after seven years, ten years, whatever, they begin to divide, uh, separate, because there's no common interest. And again, it's because there was no ground effect, there was no anchoring that took place at the beginning of the relationship that really bonded the two together. Mm -hmm. It was all by chance, if you will. And physical attraction and that kind of, okay. That's right. Now, let's look at it from the standpoint of knowing your core identity. Okay. When you know your core identity, like the ones that you listed, mm -hmm. and you meet someone, and you go through that, like you said, you know, you now know them so well, you can go through that checklist just like that. Yeah. And so, when you know that, and you start to match it up, if this is you and your core identity, if this is that person, and you find out they're like this. Mismatch. Absolutely. Off so the right, just off the list. Absolutely. Next. <laughs> you know, and it's okay if they're maybe they're a little bit off. It's great if they're, you know, perfect match. But and this that, is really a disconnect. You can see that. And, and, and even though, like I said, even though you don't have to play the games, you don't have to put on the, the, the different facades because you want to be grounded in that core identity. Yeah. And you want the person to know who you really are versus... Again, putting on, on a facade for you. Well, and in a conversation we had earlier, one of the things that you said is if you understand your core identity and it matches with somebody else's or is close, then you don't have to represent yourself in a different way. You are, um, you, you kind of eliminate the opportunity for the white lies because you're you and you accept you as you and you want to be accepted by that other person um, and you accept that other person as them. Right. And so it really kind of cuts through all of that that stuff, That's as right. we say. And another phrase that you mentioned in an earlier conversation that we had that I really feel like it works here is, is are you a meaningful specific or a wandering generality? And I feel like that that is a lot of people. They're wandering around, not exactly knowing who they are or what they represent. They just kind of are going with the flow, which is great. But at the same time, if you don't have any kind of a direction, it's like a boat, you're just going to float. You know, right. and you go, you might go over here, but you know, if you really want to go to the Caribbean, if you don't have a plan, you might end up, you know, I don't know, Tahiti. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, I, I really like that phrase. Yeah, so, so it, what, what this, knowing your core identity and sticking to that, what it does, it eliminates, because now if I go through that whole scenario of, of the relationship continuing, they get married and so forth, it's going to be a close relationship. It's going to be one that's going to last for decades because. The, they were dealing with the meaningful specifics rather than some wandering generalities like we were talking about. Right. And that's the reason why so many, I see so many people, you, you see them on Facebook, I mean, they talk about how they end up getting with all these wrong people and the person <laughs> cheating on them and all these things going on. And I'm thinking, well, it's because, you know, what, what are you doing to define what you really are looking for right. in the relationship as well as from yourself? So um, what if you're already in a relationship and somebody has worked with you and they have been able to identify their, their core identity, but the other person hasn't worked with you and they don't know what their core identity is? Is that still a workable situation? It, it is. It is. And, and it, in fact, just yesterday I was working with a client and they'd been, her and her husband had been through all kinds of counseling and church workshops for marriage and all those kind of things and they still aren't happy. And so we went through her core identity. And so she asked me, how can, you know, if, if he's not, if he doesn't know his, and he's not even willing to look at it, how can this help? 
So I took her through a scenario. I said, so tell me about uh, you know, a, a situation that you have come up where you react and have reacted for, I think they've been married 27 years. Mm -hmm. You've reacted this way for 27 years. And so she walked me through that. I said, now, imagine yourself going through that scenario, but reflecting on your core identity before you react. Mm -hmm. And it's like, boom, light bulb went off. She went, well, I wouldn't act like I normally do. Because if I'm this, 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 and this, that's not how a person like this reacts. Right. So she began to realize very quickly that even though he might not know his core identity, she can change their relationship because of the way she reacts. So it is really helpful if at least one person has their core identifi identity identified. And then, um, you know, I think that it just kind of smooths over some of those, those rocky times. But at the same time, maybe the other person will get kind of curious about how this is working and maybe, you know, want to find out what theirs is too because it really does help in making lots of different decisions. Uh, so, you know, what we've been talking about today is personal relationships. You know, we, we go to school, we learn skills, we learn trades, uh, we, we go to classes and seminars about our professional life, but very few of us take a step back and, and really try to learn about our professional or our personal life. And so I think that this is really helpful in, in people just kind of charting a course for themselves on a personal level. It, it is. I've seen dramatic changes in the, the person themselves and their relationships, not just with maybe their spouse, but really with everyone around them. In fact, one of the things I enjoyed that you shared with me is how it's even impacted your business because it, it's, it's, again, your North Star as far as the kind yeah. of people you want to do business right. with. Right, yeah, it makes it real easy to discern who is who really fits into the business and who doesn't. So, well, again, this is a part of our High Impact Living series. We are with Dr. Edward Llewellyn. He's the author of a couple of books. We've got The 90-Second Manager, and we have also... You can have it all, Life Mastery, the Fully Functional Life. So stay tuned for our next episode with Dr. Ed while we talk about professional development and professional relationships. So thanks a lot, Ed, for being here again. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Claire. So, Dr. Ed, there's been a lot of talk lately on the Internet and on LinkedIn and Facebook about emotional intelligence and I was really curious as to know what is your take on all of this talk? That is such an interesting topic because when I see people training for emotional intelligence and I understand the whole process of, of showing people how to be you know what the behaviors are like mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of to me it's kind of like uh, when I see companies, they'll take a group of people, they'll bring them into a room, they say, all right, you've got 15 minutes to be creative. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah. So be creative. Now. <laughs> and what we know from psychology and, you know, how the human mind works is that, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the, what I call the morning shower scenario. How many times do you come up with a great idea when you're in the shower or, yeah. you know, when you're you're, you're not even thinking about a specific topic, but all of a sudden, boom, creative idea comes up. Right. And it's because the mind is relaxed. So when the mind is underneath pressure, it's almost impossible for it to be creative. Same way with emotional intelligence. It's like, okay, Claire, now 
be kind to me. <laughs> what if I don't want to be kind to you right now? Exactly. <laughs> you know, so so to take to take leaders and organizations and say, I'm going to teach you how to be emotionally intelligent is like that creative scenario. It's mm -hmm. like me saying, all right, I want you to be creative now. <laughs> it's like fun on demand. <laughs> what's, what's really uh, uh, additionally interesting is the, that um, emotion, this emotional intelligence is, is, comes from the unconscious mind because it's, it's feeling, it's not thinking. Mm -hmm. So when we feel something, for instance, it, so, many, so many executives, at least that I'm familiar with, have learned to cut off those feelings when it comes to their, to their employees. And so because, you know, it's, it's just business. Well, yeah, they're told, you know, you can't, you have to separate, you know, personal from professional. Right. Yet here we are, we're on a, on a you know, the, 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 the uphill climb of trying to teach executives now to allow those feelings to come through. Mm -hmm. And so it really is all about allowing yeah, feelings, which, sure. again, as I've shared on your show before, you know, neuroscience tells us that we feel before we think. So allowing those feelings to come through, mm -hmm. uh, really just practicing that is, is real emotional intelligence. It's not me showing you how or what the behaviors are like, because again, that's, just, that's a very conscious thing. It's an unconscious mind activity to feel something for someone else, to feel empathy, to you know, feel a sense of compassion, to feel towards another person, all comes from the unconscious mind. It, it's, it, again, it's not a, a not a conscious activity that you can really teach. So that's really my take on on the whole drive to instill in emotional intelligence. Can it work? I don't know. Some people feel that it does. Um, well, maybe it's a place to start. You know, maybe if they have the understanding that there is emotional intelligence, then they can use that as a springboard to get more into the work that you do. Is just understanding a little bit more. I mean, I don't know. Well, and that's one of the processes I take people through when, it, when I go through my 30-day process. Uh, on the second session I have with them, I actually do a process called Mind Without a Body. Okay. And what that does, it helps separate emotions from intellect so that a person can process emotions, negative emotions, uh, without creating a neural pathway for them to live in. Mm. And they can also process positive emotions and allow those neural pathways to be formed in a very positive way. And again, the, my clients, after they've gone through that, it, the emotional intelligence is just automatic. It's it, because it's embedded in their unconscious mind. Ah. Well, Dr. Ed, thank you again for all of your insight. This has been an amazing addition to our series, High Impact Living. Thank you, Claire. How do I balance responsibility and fun at work? You have to look at work like it is fun. You have to enjoy it. And then you make sure to take breaks. That's really important too. Some of the fun things about growing my business are interacting with really exciting people and going to really fun events and expanding my conversations and hearing about what people are into. I encourage people in their own lives to have fun by exploring what makes them happy. If you're struggling to have fun, I would say follow your gut. Follow what you think 
makes you happy and go with it. If it's cooking, if it's playing with dogs, if it's sewing, go for it. Uh, my business is called Dory Aromatherapy and Reflexology, and I work with people to help them feel more alive and relaxed and grounded and centered. My happy dance. <laughs> All right, so these are the top 10 things that Claire learned today about personal relationships. Number 10. We are all about the mentality of eight-year-olds when it comes to personal relationships. Number nine, we map old relationships into our new relationships, whether we intend to or not. Number eight, people lie on average of about once every 10 minutes, and these are called other lies. Number seven, use the word how instead of the word why to understand strategy rather to elicit reasons and excuses. Number six, if we're not aware, emotional baggage follows us into a new relationship and creates havoc again and again. Number five, your core identity can play a huge part in getting clear on a relationship. Number four, when you are value-driven versus emotionally driven, you can start with a clean slate with each new relationship. Number three, are you a meaningful specific or a wandering generality. Number two, do the people in your life fit your value system and your core identity? And number one, when you know and live your core identity, you don't have to pretend that you're something you are not because you are very clear on who you are in your core identity. Again, this is Claire Billingsley with Coffee with Claire. Join us on WBTVN.TV, Apple TV, Roku, and other internet TV carriers. And always remember to follow the fun. We'll see you next time.